Hi there, my name is Rob Verkirk. You may have heard from your government that you are meant to be wearing a mask, you're meant to socially distance, you are not meant to socialize with people outside, and you probably are being told you should get yourself tested despite a whole range of flaws in the test and trace um, programs around the world. You may have even been told that you should be taking vitamin D and zinc, but what you probably haven't been told is how important the most well-known vitamin, vitamin C is for you right now. So with your help, we are launching part of an international collaboration, a vitamin C campaign. This is about creating change, both to help people to take more vitamin C orally themselves, and also to make sure that in critical care facilities, intravenous vitamin C is more used. So you remember when vitamin D wasn't on the COVID menu, but then what happened was that the evidence showing that people with low circulating levels of vitamin D were at much greater risk of severe disease and even death from COVID disease. Also with zinc, we've seen people with low zinc status and also people who then have better zinc status or are taking drugs like hydroxychloroquine, which is a zinc ionophore, so it helps zinc get into the cells. We're doing better than those who weren't. But what we haven't heard very much about at all from governments is the importance of vitamin C. And in fact, that there's a significant number of people whose level of circulating vitamin C, which is so crucial for the immune system, so crucial as an antioxidant, as an anti-inflammatory, as a um, viricidal agent as well, is very low, with people, particularly older people in care homes, often having such low levels that they are at risk of scurvy. So on the 7th of December, a landmark paper led by nutritionist and friend and colleague Patrick Holford was published in the journal Nutrients. What it does is pull together all of the key data on pneumonia, sepsis, and COVID-19 disease so that it really makes a very robust case for why governments and health authorities should be pushing vitamin C, why critical care facilities should be using vitamin C as an adjunct therapy, and why the public at large should be taking vitamin C on a regular basis, mostly in divided doses several times a day to protect themselves from COVID disease and other respiratory infections. What a lot of people haven't realized is that most animals are able to produce their own vitamin C, and when they become infected, they can produce 10 or more times the amount of vitamin C to be able to deal with infections. Humans belong to a small group of animals, uh, including all primates and guinea pigs, that have lost the enzyme that allows us to produce vitamin C from glucose or fructose. So we therefore need to get vitamin C in our diets, and we also need to take a lot more vitamin C when we are infected with a respiratory disease. Vitamin C is really important because it's an antioxidant. That means it scavenges free radicals and we produce a lot more free radicals when we're infected. But it's also an anti-inflammatory and at higher doses, it's also um, a viricidal agent. It kills viruses um, and, and bacteria. And this is why it's been shown at higher doses, particularly when it's taken intravenously to be so effective in dealing with infections such as sepsis, which of course 
is a component of what happens when people get severe COVID disease. What's now emerging is specific studies that are showing the importance of high-dose vitamin C therapy. And so we can look, for example, at a Spanish study that's shown that um, 17 out of 18 people who died in intensive care facilities had levels of vitamin C so low that they were at risk of scurvy. Um, we've also seen uh, a comprehensive Chinese study that's shown that in an ICU setting, those very severely critically ill patients um, who were on ventilators, when they took uh, intravenous vitamin C, they had a 68% lower risk of death. There's also a UK study that shows that for the over 65s in institutionalized care homes, some 40% of them are below the threshold for scurvy of 11 micromole per liter of circulating vitamin C. So taking vitamin C to get them out of that level so the immune system can work properly is an absolute no-brainer. So as double Nobel laureate uh, Linus Pauling said, who really put vitamin C on the map, is that the levels that most governments are looking at that uh, are about preventing scurvy are really the minimum amounts that we need. And the last 50, 60 years worth of research has made it very, very clear that a much higher level of intake is required if you want to protect yourself from um, infectious diseases. And that does include uh, COVID as well. So the really important thing about vitamin C is to understand that the length of time it remains in the bloodstream when you take it as plain vitamin C, ascorbic acid, is very short, um, minutes, not much more than an hour. So if we just take it once a day, we can get to an optimum circulating blood level for a short period of time. But for 23 hours of that 24-hour cycle, we don't have enough vitamin C uh, in our bodies. So there are two main ways you can get around this. One is by taking divided doses of plain Jane ascorbic acid vitamin C. And if you do this every one to three hours, taking, for example, 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligram per dose every one to three hours, you can maintain it through most of the day when you're infected to really keep the pressure up. You could also take the bound forms of ascorbic acid, sodium ascorbate, magnesium ascorbate, calcium ascorbate. And what this does is reduce the um, speed at which it moves into the bloodstream so you get a slower release over a longer period of time. Um, and this is another way around it. It's also particularly useful to do this at nighttime because you're not going to be getting up every few hours and taking vitamin C. The other major area for using vitamin C is intravenously within a critical care setting. And of course, that means persuading health authorities, persuading critical care doctors to be using it. Um, very important that this science is now in one place in this brand new paper within nutrients. And it's also really important to understand that the highest doses, particularly up to around 24 grams per day, and that is not as high a dose. Our, our friend, um, Dr. Jeannie Drisco, who's been at the forefront of looking at um, intravenous C in cancer therapy, is sometimes using it up to 125 grams per day intravenously for cancer treatment. So at around about 24 grams per day seems to be the optimal level to 
produce the hydrogen peroxide reaction that has the um, viricidal effect. Um, so we need to really push hard to make sure that uh, intensive care facilities are starting to use vitamin C where people have severe COVID disease. So there you have it. A vitamin C campaign, an international collaboration has come together to really get the word out in vitamin C. So that means two things. You've got to make sure you take your vitamin C yourself, but we also really need to start increasing the grassroots pressure. Now, the way to do this is for you to sign up on the website. The website for the campaign is vitamincforcovid.com. If you, particularly if you're a health professional, if you're a doctor, a practitioner, please sign up, give your affiliations, and this will be part of an international movement that we'll use to place pressure on governments to get real change, both in terms of recommendations to the public, but also to ensure that as many critical care facilities as possible are using vitamin C intravenously. So thank you very much for your support.